Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra. This is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Evan Lovely, a front-end developer working in Portland, Oregon. How's it going, Evan? It's going great. How's everybody doing today? I uh, I, I forgot, to, as always, to ask you if, if Lovely is how your last name is pronounced. You got it. It's just like the adjective. That would be really annoying to have a name that looks so phonetic and then wasn't pronounced that way. Like if you had to constantly tell people it's pronounced Lovele. Yeah, that would get really annoying. Uh, pretty fact, much like... I would just change it. <laughs> like I would, I would just, I would let people say the way that it looks. Yep. Yep. I would too. I think pretty much the extent of the, of the annoying is really that everybody just says the same joke, which is that's a lovely last name. And I just look at them like, I've never heard that. I made a conscious decision not to open with that. See, it's just, it's just so tempting. So you work in, well, let's say you, you do uh you Drupal development. Yes. Yes, I do. Is there a big market for Drupal development? There's a huge market for Drupal development. Tell, um, me, tell me who's using it. Um, well, let's see here. The let's see, lots of people. Think of it like super WordPress. Um, it's definitely scales a lot bigger. Um, you know, to I wasn't on this project, but um, my company, Phase Two Technology, um, just launched a little while ago. NBA.com, like all of the basketball people. And basically, it's a single Drupal site that runs pretty much every single team site. And, uh, you know, it's got, it relies on, you know, core configuration. And then each of them have their own, like, special theme. So you're able to scale a lot bigger. And um, it's used for a lot of the bigger businesses. Um, my, so it's my pretty awesome. My perception has always been that Drupal was more for community type of sites and less for CMS. Is that is that has that changed? Um, no, I will. I think it works really well for that. I mean, I think that pretty much the best way I could put it would be like things like WordPress are, a, you know, a content management system that lets you just like manage all the content without um, having to edit the code. And Drupal's a content management framework that lets you build constant content management systems. So a lot of times for bigger businesses, the content manager system needs to be kind of very customized towards what they're doing. And so you can use Drupal to build a site that lets them edit it for their specific needs. So it makes kind of less assumptions, but has a little more flexibility, but of course, um, a little bit more complexity. Sure. All right. So it's awesome. I would, I would say though, that like the vast majority of my stuff is a lot of front end, you know, um, working in, uh, SCSS and uh, JavaScript, and those are pretty much like where I spend most of my time, and uh, with a focus on responsive web design. So making sure that uh, yeah that websites look good on iPhones and other things. So yeah, that's the fun part anyway. It's totally the fun part, and you know it's it's one thing. It's nice about being into that part is it doesn't matter if um, you know they decide to use a different backend uh, system (laughs) besides Drupal. Like it's still going to be styled with like. CSS, HTML, and JavaScript. So right on. it's nice. So you have, since 1989, known that you were ADHD. Oh, yes. Very much so. I'm a much more uh, recent uh, uh, diagnosis, so I haven't had as long to figure out exactly what it means and how to deal with it yet. Um, I'm getting way better at it, but... About how long for you? Like, how long ago did... Uh... You it's been, get diagnosed. Let me think. How old am I? I'm 36, and I was diagnosed when I was 28, 27 or 28. So okay. maybe a decade. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm 34, and I got diagnosed when I was eight. Yeah. See, high school would have been a lot easier for me if I had realized what was going on. Yeah, it's been interesting. That's for sure. Um, been all over the board on it for doing different solutions and tackling it. I think that back back then as well, that wasn't as well known. Um, so I think there's been kind of a lot of discovery that's been happening since then, both you know in society and doctors and patients. So so what's changed about the way that you work? with your brain? Um, I think that, you know, just kind of being aware of like how you work best and what environments like happen. I mean, so if you think about kind of like the things that you need to be able to, um, you know, get to work, you got to make sure that those are there all the time. I mean, like really simplifying it, like, you know, if you, um, you know, if you don't eat some, eat some food and get like a little bit of coffee and like get dressed and then you jump in front of your computer, I mean, you kind of need those things to get rolling. Again, this is a simplification, but just learning that it's not best to just like roll out of bed and then just go right to your computer and then like wondering why your head's fuzzy, you know, you didn't eat breakfast or something like that. And it's, I'm not having a problem with like, you know, forgetting to eat or things like that, but you know, each person's different and you just kind of have to ask yourself like, you know, how, how do I work best? And like, what did I do before that? Um, what happens when, you know, I'm not working my best and what did or didn't I do before that? So kind of being aware of a lot of the environment stuff, because if that's not in place, then whatever else you're doing isn't probably going to help too much. So routines are important to you? Yeah, routines are huge, I think. See, mine's compounded by bipolar disorder and uh, not being, if I'm in, right in the middle, all of that is easy to analyze and to manipulate, but when I get manic or depressed, it's really easy to lose track of what's causing what. And mm-hmm. to be able to analyze and say, this is what I did that led to this becomes so difficult, which is why I developed tools like doing, uh, yep. which is my like command line way to track everything that I do so I can look back at it later and make those kind of analyses. But, um, but you've developed quite the uh, personal reference library system as well for this kind of... Uh, tracking things that you might actually most people would forget about but especially someone who has you know attention disorders yeah absolutely um i mean i think big fan of basically like taking notes and reference systems and you know brains are bad for remembering details but good at remembering how to get to those details so you know you don't especially in the era that we're living now you know you don't really need to remember the answer you just need to remember what to google um but then there comes the process of basically like when you google stuff like you have to then re-vet all the information to find out which one you agree to so once you've already done that you shouldn't have to do that again you know kind of a programmer thing is don't repeat yourself so it's like if don't go through that again so you know if you find the answer to something then uh write it down but obviously um you know writing it's not too searchable so you know we have all these wonderful digital tools um and uh kind of just to tie it into how I've done it, it's like, you know, of course, like most people um, loved Evernote and really leaned on it for a long time. Um, and then like some people, you know, kind of hit its um, its ceiling or certain barriers in certain directions. Um, you know, for example, it's really crappy at, um, you know, managing a bunch of like code snippets. You know, it's, uh, it's not really like the best text editor. Um, and then also there's all everything about kind of like getting your data trapped in there, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, yeah, like huge markdown fan. Um, 
way back when when I was a huge Evernote nut. Um, let's see here. A coworker was like, you should check this little app out called NV Alt. I don't know if you've heard about it at all. but it's I, pretty, I, hear, it's, I hear about it here and there. It's pretty, it's pretty nifty. It's pretty nifty. It got me a long way until I finally started to hit the problem with um, image attachments and just assets, you know? So, like, I didn't like the idea of just, like, an image folder that contained the JPEG or whatever for every note. Um, and just wanting to simply be like, you know, put the markdown file and the JPEG that it's, you know, showing in there just in the same folder. And, uh, you know, NVALT's like flat f uh, folder structure, um, you know, prevents that. And uh, I know I think you got, you're like, that's forked off and has some like legacy code that I think might be getting in the way. But um, yeah, so that kind of sent me down like, you know, a little rabbit hole of uh, checking out different kind of note apps. Um, and then ultimately, you know, since I'm a web developer, I'm just like started using a, a static site generator to um, basically just compile all my markdown notes and their assets like into this little like mini reference site that I've got. Um, so that's been working pretty great. It's been fun. Got like syntax highlighting and uh, can search it. So that's real nifty. And uh, even got it like uh, R syncing up to like some servers um, that I put a password on and able to get to it from my phone. So that's real handy. Um, it's good. I think that, I mean, that's, you know, one like nerdy web devs way of being able to do things. But I think the big thing that stands is just like take notes and make sure that you can get back to them in a way that you can find them again. I think it's really easy to just continuously throw stuff into like something like Evernote, but how often you crack it open and get it back, like, you know, so I think that's important because that's that creates the trusted system, right? You know, right. if I throw it in, I know I can find it. And then that creates a bit of peace in your head. So I think that's the important part. My advice to just about everyone who asks that doesn't have the background to make their own searchable static knowledge database um, is if Evernote works for you, you know, use it. Totally. It can be very powerful. It can be extremely uh, fluid across platforms, easy to search, easy to find. And I think the people who hit the limits are probably people who know how to do something more complex or something more portable. I think it's safe to say that the the real nerds are probably the only ones who really hit that uh, that point where you want to get out of Evernote. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're somebody who's, you know, professionally working on your computer all the time, as opposed right. to using a computer as a tool to do whatever your real job is. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that definitely is who it's for. So, And, and in response to your earlier uh, posit, I would say that uh, NVAlt is very much just notational velocity with features tacked onto it. And notational velocity was never designed to handle any images. So everything that NVAlt does with image kind of embedding is all, uh, it's a hack. Mm -hmm. And we're working on something new with no ETA yet. Sweet. But, well, um, I think I speak for the rest of the internet when I say we, we are eagerly awaiting to see what you can put out because, you know, pretty much everything else kind of like seems like a hack as well. I mean, you know, whether you've got just a, I don't know, finder window and like, whatever your favorite markdown you know editing app is mine currently is folding text um or if you've got basically you know sublime text pointing at the whole thing i don't know they all kind of feel like hacks anyway so but have you, have you ever seen um 
like uh, history hound or fetching? No, that is things that you don't have to bookmark stuff because it right. just, it just well, it you records can, yeah. the full text of every web page you visit. So when you do a Google search, and fetching is cool because it lets you tag. So when you do find the one you want, you just pop up fetching and say, this was the right answer. And then you can search full text through everything you've seen during the search to find maybe one that you didn't tag, but you remember seeing something vague you know, that you thought would help you with a problem that came up afterward. And you can just jump back to it. It's it's a handy tool to have. That's sweet. Yeah, I think I've always kind of leaned away from, you know, um, indexing the full page web contents of every page I open to because of, you know, classic signal to noise issue. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just, you know, I, want, I don't know. That's that's a challenge no matter what. But Yeah, see, um, I, I, drag, I drag web pages. If you hold down option and you drag a URL into the notes list in NVL, it will run readability and markdownify the web page for you. Um, so that's kind of how I say when I find the answer I'm looking for, or I use the answered bookmarklet. Did you ever see that? I did not. I it, think I saw their post on it. Like it's basically when you come across a Stack Overflow. Exactly. Thing that, and yeah. you can click the one that answered your question, and it'll save it as markdown into NVL for you. That's so awesome. Those tools, yeah, because like you said, you can Google the answer every time. But I found myself doing that exact vetting process that you talk about over and over again. Yep. Like I, I didn't write the answer down because it, it was pretty easy to find on Stack Overflow, but mm -hmm. it's not always easy to find again if you don't remember the exact search term you put in. So yeah, I do. I save a lot of my endpoint discoveries the same way. I like the, uh, I like the searchable index you have. I've always wanted to revamp the NBALT search algorithm to have a little more, a little better fuzzy, like multi-term matching. I think it's, it's one of the better ones. It's it like is. really it, good. It's, it's, it's really, really good. good. It's it really, really good. good. But um, if you type in like two words that don't appear in order, in title or full text, you, you'll lose all your results. But if you could type in, say, uh, Evan Systematic and still find my show notes for this episode then I'd be even happier. Because it appears the other way around, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. I've, I've came across that same problem. I think I know what's going on. Uh, it's because, yeah, it's, yep. It'll, it'll, <laughs> we won't dive too deep into it. I think it has something to do with regex order. I'm not saying I have a fix or anything like that. I just, <laughs> but. Uh, all right. This episode of Systematic is brought to you by PDF Pen 7. PDF Pen 7 is the ultimate all-purpose PDF editor. And now Smile has 10 great screencasts from the amazing Mr. David Sparks. The videos are all two to four minutes each, and they show you how to use PDF pen to mark up a PDF, add a signature, fill in form-style PDFs, touch up images in PDFs, OCR PDFs to convert them into usable text, and David Sparks will even show you how to correct and redact text. He will even show you how to sync PDFs with iCloud and Dropbox to get them into PDF pen for iPad and iPhone. Go to smilesoftware.com systematic, watch the videos, and get PDF pen today. They didn't tell us to say this, but think of David Sparks as Batman, and PDF pen is his utility belt. They aren't liable if I guarantee this, so here goes. Using PDF pen literally makes you Batman when it comes to PDFs. Thanks again to Smile for supporting Systematic. Go to smilesoftware.com slash systematic. Now back to the show. All right, so um, Evan, you spent 
some time. What was it? Six months? Mm-hmm. Uh, just traveling around the world and funding yourself by doing front-end web development as you went. Yep. Tell me how that worked. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's kind of like I always really kind of wanted to do, you know, to to enjoy the benefit of kind of having location-independent work um, and being able to work from anywhere and also kind of traveling as well. And it was... It was something that I'd been wanting to do, and I kind of was realizing that if I didn't get on it, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, like it. Let's see here. It. I can't. Someone said something to me one day about um, something that just kind of started like the boulder just rolling, and um, and so I just kind of started looking into it and did it. So I mean, you know, let's see here. It would be, it would be September 2011 to March 2012, and um, so what I did basically was um, first I was in Bali for a, a month and a half, and then I was in Thailand for two and a half months, and then I was in Europe for three weeks, and then I was in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina for the last two months, and uh, I was working a about 25 hours a week or so and um you know i basically um you know i i kind of wanted to like save up a bunch but you know <laughs> i i didn't and i couldn't and like and basically that was kind of the thing i realized i could just let's just huck it and see what happened and so basically i just had enough money constantly to be able to buy a one-way ticket home and then i would you know like i figured if um, you know, you, sometimes you have to ask yourself when there's something that you want to do, but you're scared of, like, what is the worst situation that could happen? Um, you know, and besides some regular, just straight getting killed out there things, you know, it'd be like, uh, you know, stop, uh, being able to deliver on my responsibilities and getting fired and then losing my income source. And then I would just buy one, one way ticket home and, get in the job and then restart it. And I was like, okay, well that's, that's actually a dealable consequence. Like I could, I could handle everything crashing. Like, so yeah, basically just had enough to be able to, um, you know, the escape plan. And then, um, you know, was able to make enough to be able to pay as I went. And it was awesome. So what equipment did you carry with you? Um, so came quite, uh, everything was carry on. Um, so I was proud of that. And, um, the time I was rocking uh, an 11 inch MacBook Air. Um, and uh, yeah, let's see here. Uh, a lot of like icebreaker merino wool clothes that resist stinking. And can you can, you can, I seriously, I had two t shirts for six, six months. And that's icebreaker is awesome. I almost should make that one of my picks, but I think I already picked them. But anyway, um, let's see here. Yeah, like um, not too much stuff. And a lot of like, you know, if you stay in the warmer weather spots, it's, uh, you know, you bring bring less stuff, which is real nice. So, yeah. What about Internet? Did you did you bring like a MiFi or did you just rely on hotel Wi-Fi or? Um, I brought an unlocked iPhone with me and then I would basically just get into a country and then get a SIM card. Um, I had some challenges in Bali, so I wasn't able to pull it off, but I had actually some really good successes in Thailand. And there was like unlimited data and it was way cheaper than it was in the U S and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Like when, when people are doing international travels, I think one thing that they forget is that 
they there is an absence of expenses in the United States. So you know, for example, if you're in like Thailand and a meal is dollar is like a dollar fifty versus in the U.S. where maybe ten dollars. I don't know. Um, you know, there's there's obviously some money to gain. Um, you also don't have a lot of bills going on. Um, you definitely have to move out of your <laughs> apartment at home in order to pull that off. But nice. yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd say like uh, Thailand had some you know tethering through an iPhone, and then uh, a lot of the other places were Wi-Fi, and um, you know able to build websites without the internet. Obviously, you need to get on the internet to get email and you know get things from get repositories in other spots. But once it's all on your machine, you should be able to like you don't need the internet to build things for the internet. It's kind of right. cool. So yeah, but yeah, at the end of a, a work day, you're gonna have to show everyone else that's paying you something that you've done for the day. Very true. Very true. Interesting. That that sounds exciting. I uh I did some similar travel but for much less noble reasons and which with much less noble sources of funding. Um but yeah, I've done the uh just leave everything behind kind of thing. It's very liberating. It's very scary, but there you know, different things drive different people. Totally. And I mean, I think it's I think it's also pretty interesting because I think a lot of people are always like, oh, that would be like the life. And and really, like if for some people that is a life and it's I don't think it's actually too enviable because I think that, you know, friends and family are pretty important and it's pretty hard to be able to, you know, get maintain and enjoy good friendships and relationships if you're always moving. And so like that's, you know, that's a thing that will kind of hit you, you know, especially if you're traveling by yourself, you know. I'm told there's no no better place for an American to feel lonely and out of place than Thailand. Really? Like, I'm told that it is, as far as American culture goes, one of the most foreign countries there are. Yeah, anything anything Asia. I, I did another trip where I was in India for a month and a half. I'd probably say that one's a little more intense. Cause, think so? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's busier. I mean, China's 1.3 billion, India's 1.1 billion. It's right behind it. New yeah. Delhi's New Delhi's crazy, um, and Thailand is like I, th- I think it's like the fifth most visited country. I, I'll say top ten since I'm pretty sure someone's going to source check me. But a lot of people visit Thailand, and sure. so because so basically, they want to. If you're going to go on a on a trip around the world, you want to go somewhere that doesn't feel like home. Yeah. Like to yeah. me, that seems like the the rationale for that. Totally. I highly recommend Asia across the board. Like you definitely are getting outside of your comfort zone. It's pretty easy to I mean, Europe is kind of like the other western culture. Yeah. Yeah. My wife was born in Calcutta and we keep talking about maybe someday going to visit it, but every time I listen to like the guy, the uh C, the leader of the uh CDC, I forget, like chair or whatever the head of the CDC talks about India and he talks about the, what the conditions are like. They have slums there that have a population of 1 million in this, in a single slum. That's insane. Yeah. Without a single toilet in the whole place. And like that kind of just, just absolute poverty is, it's hard to imagine for an American where being poor is, and it's horrible, but usually come out of it with at least a shelter yeah there's there's kind of like a i mean i i don't know i'm probably a little ignorant when i say this but there's kind of like a a a floor that you couldn't get too far below and i'm sure there's some really 
um, sad situations going on inside our own borders with that. But like, you know, in like in India, like, you know, I saw some people who basically had, you know, deformed limbs hanging out on the side. And that's because like they truly were neglected healthcare, like yeah. forever, you know, and like I've, I seriously have seen like people putting their like elbows into shoes to be able to like walk along and just, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard to complain yeah. if you look at stuff like that, but India is awesome. Um, it's all pretty awesome. It's, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff. And, Really, I think with like, uh, you know, sickness and traveling, I w- if I could say one thing, it would be like, just carry those little like waterless hand soaps yeah. everywhere you go <laughs> and wash your hands all the time. That's other, like, that's a really great way to like not get sick. Nice. So travel tips too. All right. Yeah, you go. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump to the top three picks. I will okay. let you uh, you can start with your first pick. Okay, well, so this is something that I took on that trip and um, I think uh, is awesome. So it is a chair and it is called the not a chair because it's not a chair. What it is is a series of – it sounds so silly, but it's a series of straps that tilt your pelvis in a way that – so you have good back support. So it's real small and – you unzip it and basically what happens is like you put it around your back and you basically put it on your like you know lower few vertebrae and then it comes up and it has like loops that go around your knees and so what basically this does is it tilts your pelvis for uh forward like towards your knees and then each of your vertebrae will stack on there correctly and it's um it's awesome because I would say wearing a not a chair and sitting in any chair um, is better than you know the nicest air on chairs that I've ever sat on. Um, so it's awesome for you know if you got back pain and you have to sit in a chair, or in my situation where I was you know going to like coffee shops and sitting in those crappy crappy chairs for you know like eight hours. And uh, yeah, so it's awesome. Um, I even still use it today. Uh, I, uh, I have a standing desk, but it doesn't adjust up and down. So I just have a stool when I want to sit. And the stool plus the not a chair it, like, is better back support than, you know. Than slouching it, on a stool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's N-A-D-A chair. And I think that's .com as well. I think, and I believe they're on Amazon as well. And they are. Looks like about a $50 purchase. Yeah, and so they zip up pretty small. I would say, I would say it takes up the width and the height of about an iPad Mini, and then it's probably about an inch thick. Nice. And then so you just slap that in your backpack, and if you're a remote worker, it's a great way to be able to not have back pain if you're working in coffee shops. So it's a weird, it's a weird, weird thing, and everybody looks at it so weird until you put until they put it on, and then their eyes light up. So ah, you got you had to be there. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so. My first pick is going to be much less useful if you're traveling. Actually, it would be really useful if you're traveling, come to think of it. Uh, it's called Duet. It's a relatively new Love app for, uh, for making your iPad into a second screen. So if you're traveling with an 11-inch MacBook Air, you could pop an iPad up next to it on a little stand and use it as a second monitor for your display. And there have been a few of these in the past, but Duet is it's a $16 app uh, for iOS, and then there's a free... Uh, driver on Mac and it's the best that I it's the most responsive it it has to connect over USB it doesn't do Wi-Fi 
it's really awesome. It I use it too, and it it hits sixty frames a second. Yeah, it hit, yeah, sixty frames a second. It's crazy. It's 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 very if you if you need the extra space or you're just crazy and you have an iPad laying around and you want more monitor space, um, it's it's a good buy. I leave it plugged in and just leave my like instant message down there. And yeah. I, lo- I love it. It's I great. I leave Twitter on it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's just like stuff you want to glance down at. And also, totally right. If you were traveling and having having an iPad there, like to that set for a second screen, that's like really awesome. That and I remember be, you. Yeah. I remember using what is it? Air Display yeah. that used to do it over Wi-Fi. Yeah. And over Wi-Fi, a little little prone to lag versus a yeah, cable. Yeah, very prone to lag. Like really, it was only good for watching. Like you couldn't mm-hmm. do actual work on that second monitor. You know, like you could run Twitter and just kind of keep it in like in eyesight, but Duet actually makes it possible to do actual work where you have to move things around and see things react in real time. Totally. I that's great. Yeah, I love it. All right. So what's your second pick? Um okay. So my second pick is my favorite caffeine source. So I love yerba mate. And so is the national beverage of Argentina and several other South American countries. And um, I think that it's, I believe as well, There, I saw a study that said like the Paris Institute of Health said it's the healthiest plant on the planet. And so just this single plant's got like 190 some odd active ingredients. And basically like, um, so yeah, it's more caffeinated than any tea, but not as caffeinated as coffee. And if I had to choose between like coffee or mate, like I wouldn't even blink and I would I'd grab mate for the rest of my life. It's kind of interesting because the way that it's drank is um, is unique. So you basically have like a cup, which is usually um, uh, either a hollowed out fruit or a hollowed out piece of wood. And it's commonly called a gourd. And then you basically put the loose leaf tea, your mate in there. And then you grab um, a filtered straw, which is called a bombilla. And it's basically just a straw, and at the end, there's a filter. And so you basically put the um, bombilla in the loose-leaf tea and then, you know, shake it around and get it situated. And then you have a thermos, which has, like, tea uh, temperature water, about, like, 165 or whatever. And then you just basically pour the hot water over the loose-leaf teas, and then you sip it through the uh, the filtered straw and then, like, repeat. And uh, it's... I think it's actually, you know, since we were talking about it earlier, it's like really good for ADD. Um, I, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there, and I like how it makes my head feel. And uh, it's also, you know, I think some people who love coffee, you know, and they're like, oh, I probably shouldn't be drinking too much coffee. And then they switch to green tea, and they're like, this is just like doing nothing for me. <laughs> you know, it's so, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, and uh, I'll have to give you some specific links, but I would recommend Cruz de Malta. Um, and then also um, uh, for the type of your mate, and then uh, the uh, site would be ma-tea.com has got a lot of this stuff. You probably can find um, Cruz de Malta on Amazon, just like everything. Um, but yeah, I, I love the stuff and it's great. And I think it's a really healthy way to be able to kind of like wake up. That being said, I still love my coffee. But Yeah, see, I, I actually I own a full rig for yerba mate and i used it for a few years to cut down coffee consumption and eventually work my way to drinking stronger tea um but then i added coffee to the tea like not to like literally combine them but like i would have cup of coffee in the morning 
and drink tea for the rest of the day, and that's what I still do. But I did love yerba mate, and I don't know why I stopped drinking it. I should it's go good. back. I should try it again now. It, it's good stuff. Not too many people, um, not too many people know about it in the states at all. And then if you go down to Argentina, like everybody's drinking it. It's like you know, I saw like grandmas on benches drinking it. I saw teenage girls walking through the mall drinking it. I saw cooks on their break outside of a restaurant drinking it. It's nice. it's super good stuff. What's the and name have, of this straw again? It's a um, bombilla, so it's bombilla. like yeah, it's like bomb i l l a. Right. Yeah, I have one of those. It was it was made in Thailand. It's like um, gold detailed silver. It's it looks very. You went all out. Nice. Well, I, it was given to me. I think. Um, I'll I'll we'll put some in the show notes for this specific kind, but you want the spring bombilla because pretty much the rest of them are really prone to clogging. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot me some links. I'll add them to the show notes. Awesome. And I have I have thought about the atomic option where you fill up the thermos full of coffee and then pour it on <laughs> top of the yerba mate for, for when the thesis needs to be done in 20 minutes. No, uh, that would, that would, uh, yeah. That'd be bad. Enough stevia. You could make it work. <laughs> um, all right. So my second pick is I've this is a repeat, but it recently updated uh, better touch tool is one of my all time absolute favorite utilities on my Mac and uh in essence, it lets you assign trackpad gestures of any kind to any command. You can make your computer do anything with your trackpad. But then, then he added uh, uh, functions for keyboard and functions for uh, Magic Mouse was there. And that uh, there's a, a better touch tool remote that you can run on your phone and trigger actions on your computer and use your phone as a trackpad, all of this. But it just came out with new experimental features for BTLE. So you can have your iPhone or any other BTLE device trigger actions when it comes in or out of range. And uh, Bluetooth proximity detection has always been flaky for me, no matter what combination I've used. And I started playing with iBeacons and had some workarounds going, but BTLE, which is Bluetooth low energy, actually makes it really... Um, it doesn't drain your battery to keep it running all the time. It's it's a very uh, precise signal. You can you can determine distance faster than you can with just uh, strength of a Bluetooth signal. And being able to combine that with like my home automation lighting system and everything has been exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing it develop further so that the pick itself is just better touch tool. That's awesome. Um... We just got uh, our very first piece of home auto- automation, um, a Nest, and um, I've got it combined. Uh, I don't know if I can mention an app without it being my first my pick, but can, I th- I'll, we, we, yes, you can. I'll slide it in there. So I think it's a Skylark. I want to double check that. But basically, um, when my wife's and my phones are not at home, then the Nest will shut the heat off, and just Nest by itself will. Um, if no movement has happened right. for a while. So yeah. And uh, instantly, of course I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, that needs to happen with our lights. Like, <laughs> please just shut off all the lights behind me, turn them on before I come on in. Is that so hard to ask in this age of, of future tech awesomeness? This is what so, I've been working on for years. I'm, I know I've, I've been watching you. It's, I can't wait to see but more yeah, of it. Now, now that Nest has opened their API up, I, my in, Indigo, which I use for my home automation, will also detect when all registered phones are out of the Wi-Fi area. And it will uh, then tell my Nest to go into away mode. And 
Um, I think it's a little bit risky for me to try to hook lights into that because phones turn off and people don't always leave. But the idea of like I use a, a Sesame Bluetooth. It's a it's a little dongle that you can like strap to your uh, belt loop or put in your pocket, and it will do the lights for me pretty well. It's actually designed for just locking and unlocking your Mac, but you can hack around with it. Anyway. Anyway. Skylark, is that what you said? It is. Yeah, I checked. All right. All right. Well, what's your third pick? Okay. So um, it is an app, and uh, it is uh, – so I've, I think, you know, when you if – you if you do some reading on, like, you know, ADD and focus, and you know, you'll tend to come across this, like, you should meditate thing, you know, time and time again. And you're like, okay, well, like I'm too busy, you know? And like, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I've always been a little open to that, but it's never been kind of my thing. Um, and recently I started, uh, using an app called headspace and it's awesome. And so they, um, basically have, uh, let's see here, you know, you, you grab it and then it's a free trial. And I think that they got this like, um, 10 minutes a day for 10 days, which is free. And then if you want to pay for it after that, then uh, you can. And uh, so I checked it out and it's great. Like the person who does it and um, is, is awesome. And I really enjoy like their voice and the approach. And I kind of like how they did things. They have these actually really great uh, video animations when they're talking about uh, uh, little concepts that are really, really good. And so the whole it's, it's kind of funny to talk about it like this, but the branding of the meditation app is very, uh, you know, appreciated and wonderful. And it's, it's a good system. And, you know, I mean, if you think about it, like, really, like, you know, what is focus, but basically, like, you know, unintentionally thinking about something that you don't want to be thinking about. And if you think about, you know, like, life and muscles, you know, everything gets stronger the more you use it. So really, like, you know, if you take 10 minutes in the morning to basically like breathe and think about breathing. And then every time you stop thinking about it, you bring your attention back. That is like exercising the, no, I want to focus on what I want to focus on muscle. Um, and you know, just like everything else, like, you know, anything you use, it gets stronger and, uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. You know, like I really like it a lot and I think it really helps out. I will have to check that out because I'm in the same boat. I'm constantly being told you'd be better off if you would just, you know, spend some time meditating or, you know, there's various terms for it. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm always, I'm always like, yeah, it sounds like really good idea, but I'm kind of busy right now. So, yeah. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people might have an aversion because they're like, well, it's like I'm not, it's not in my religion or I'm not religious. It's like, it's nothing to do with that. Like, yeah, no, and it it's, is, uh, what's, it's, it's just exercising a muscle and if you your focus is a muscle and you should be thinking about what you want to be thinking about because our brain so many times like how many times are you just like wait how did i get to this well this point when i'm thinking about this this was not my choice so many many times many many and that can be good too you know like the wandering mind is how you come up with creative solutions so that's a whole that's a whole show right there talking about (laughs) The number of great inventions and great discoveries that have come from people who were basically ADHD, that have come from the process of just going down rabbit holes, totally not tracking what you're doing, and just suddenly realizing that you've done something new. But, again, whole other show. Um, yeah, that's a balance, right? You know? It is. It is. Um, well, and my, I, I, 
I was talking to a doctor the other day who told me that bipolar is actually very common among uh, great leaders. Like you'll find because the manic side of bipolar can cause it's uh, the high high. There's no well, high. There's uh, no high delusion. Like that. Delusional delusions <laughs> of grandeur. Like you become overconfident. And you believe you can do things that no one else believes they can do. And sometimes that leads to actually doing things that no one else can do. But totally. interesting concept. They should they should make a drug for that. Oh, they did. E, right? <laughs> um, so my last pick is, uh, it's a chocolate company, uh, Stella Leona. I discovered them d- via a, uh, a desperate Valentine's Day search for a good present. And uh, I found them on Etsy. And... Then I uh, I ordered. They have a hand painted chocolate heart that is actually a case for more chocolate, and so there are like chocolates inside of the heart, and it comes in a beautiful package, and it looks great. And the uh, coating on the front is all like glossy, like airbrushed. It's it's beautiful. It was perfect. It was a great gift, and their customer service was great because when you ship a chocolate box to minnesota and below zero weather there's a good chance it's going to crack um and they they remedied that situation for me very quickly so so the pick is stellaleona.com uh chocolates it's uh it's going to be well past valentine's day by the time this is published but for next year keep it in mind you know the best the best gifts are given with no prompting right exactly I, i just thought of you here (laughs) <laughs> I just random thought I was out listening to podcasts and there you go. look what happened. <laughs> um, perfect. All right. Well, that's, uh, that, that should wrap it up. We did three, right? Yeah. See, look at me. I lost track okay. already. Um, I can I go all day. <laughs> yeah. See. I have a, I have a tendency to do that myself and all night, which gets me in trouble. But anyway, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, so pretty much everywhere I'm Evan Lovely, just my name. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say Twitter is where I'm most active. Um, but I've done a decent job of like, you know, putting, you know, evanlovely.com is kind of the hub, although it's been a little neglected. Um, I would say if, uh, if I could encourage anybody to check out, um, you know, one portion of my, of, of, uh, some of my stuff is, um, I really like taking photos. So I got profile on 500 px so take a peek at that but i would say i'd say um you know if you're interested in continuing a conversation about anything i mentioned just hit me up on twitter i love love chatting and sharing perfect and how can people access your personal knowledge database there's no chance it's password <laughs> protected it's secret stuff right there i.e I, I probably inadvertently put my social security number up on my website i'm sure mine is somewhere i think my yep. wife's is in my nb alt folder i should be more careful <laughs> um, which is synced by Dropbox, which who knows? Anyway, yeah, I guess I guess if anybody out there is curious about Markdown Notes to a personal static site, again, ping me on Twitter, and I'm mainly just using like Assemble, and would love to kind of help anybody through little, you yeah. know, the the people who are into it. For everybody else, just go download Evernote. <laughs> That's exactly right. We we didn't get too nerdy, but uh, I'm sure Evan would love to continue the conversation if you're curious. Um, I am Brett Terpstra. I am at brettterpstra.com. And also uh, check out Overtired on ESN with Christina Warren and myself. And I am TT Scoff everywhere else. Um, so thanks for being here, Evan. Thanks for having me, Brett. It's been an honor. I've uh, been a longtime listener and I'm, I'm jazzed to be here. So thanks everybody for listening. Have a good day. Thanks for listening and we'll see everybody in a week. <laughs>